This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hey everyone, welcome back to a thousand true crimes. You are here with uh, Chelsea and Joe. Hey everyone. You know, my ovaries are making me painfully aware of where they are located inside of my body and okay. my car, my car broke down today. So it's just, it's a day. It's a it's day. A day. <laughs> Much needed day for wine. Yes. I've been waiting for this glass of wine all day and uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy telling you this story, but I will enjoy the wine. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it's the most important part. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how about you? How's your day today? How's your week been in general? It's, it's good. I mean, I can't really complain too much. Just same old, same old. My life is pretty like steady. So nice. I always like feel like I don't have a lot of updates, but um, I guess we might be getting tornadoes this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Did yeah. you hear this? Yeah. So that's always fine because our power lines are still above ground on base. Well, where would you go in your house? I'm like thinking through which room doesn't nowhere. have a window. And I'm like, they all have windows. <laughs> Obviously, when they built this house in the 40s, they did not understand tornadoes. You have, have to go in the basement. closet. You have to go in the closet where uh, Leilani's food is. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like literally the only place that doesn't have a window. Yeah. But it, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that it turns into just a really bad thunderstorm. Usually they don't. Yeah. I mean, we always in the spring have a lot of, what is it? It's like a tornado warm. No, a tornado watch is when they're watching for tornadoes. And then Mm -hmm. a tornado warning is when they see tornadoes. I could have that completely backwards because I think that those are stupid ways to describe it because nobody knows what it means, but we'll get a lot of the, like the conditions are right for tornadoes. We don't get a lot of tornadoes though. No, and I mean, we're by the coast, too, so I know that also decreases right. our chances. Um, but, I mean, my again, my biggest concern is that because the side of base we live on, they have not put the power lines in the ground yet. They're slowly mm-hmm. starting to. I know they said in, like, a few years, like 2025 or some shit like that. So um, by 2030. <laughs> yeah, military. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. And so... I just don't want the power to go out. That's like always yeah. my biggest concern because it's like, what do you do with a two and a half year old? You just drive up here and stay with me. <laughs> I know. Right? I got I got a pack and play. I got an extra bed. We got all the things. It's just, but I mean, again, first world problems. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And hopefully nothing happens. Hopefully it's just bad thunderstorm and that's it. So we'll see what happens. But Anyways, again, me complain about the weather. Basic yeah. girl over here. Um, I did have an update, though. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Adnod, Adnan Syed case oh, um, okay. from Serial, prosecutors have agreed to an appeal to allow new DNA testing. Good. So, yes. So. Did they find I know DNA Chelsea- in her body? I don't remember. It's been so long. All I know is I know that he's innocent. I mean, I've done, we have both done the deep dive of the information. Like, um, and I don't remember if it was like they were going to do, it was something with the car, I think like, and and the other guy's car who probably did it. I I mean, here's the thing. There's still people that believe he did it. And even if he is, I don't think he did it, but if he did do it, his trial was a hundred percent a mistrial. Yeah, due to hit right. the lack of con- like what his lawyer did or didn't right. do. So right there to me, yeah. I'm like, he deserves at least another trial. It was not a fair trial. So, and you can't and I argue think with that, that. I think that they know they're, they have just been waiting to file. Cause I think if I remember correctly and don't quote me on this, y'all go listen, uh, follow Rabia Chaudhry on Twitter. She's got all the updates. This is actually who I heard this from was she posted the update. Um, and she posted it on her timeline. So she's a good person to get actual information from. But I think he only had one appeal left. And so they were saving it 
for like what they knew strategically was going to be the best thing, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing is these DNA tests. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You don't want to just, yeah, that makes sense. So, well, I hope so. I hope it. Goes I know, girl. I know. In, and we'll hear about it in like three years at this point, I feel like. Yeah. Right. Right. God. No kidding. Well, <laughs> are you. you we have some good news. You, you, you want to hear some, some bad news? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we go. So what are we, what right. are we talking about now, girl? So I found this show called Obsession Dark Desires on ID. Okay. Um, and the episode that we are covering is called Number One Fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told Chelsea, this is just a yucky episode. Like, it's, it's another one where I was fooled. I thought it was going to just be a casual talk- stalking story. And I was like, oh, great. We haven't done a stalker and we should talk about stalkers. But then you watch it and it's like terrifying and horrifying and infuriating and it's it's bad. So y'all just buckle up. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so the episode starts with a woman who's obviously like heading on to stage. And we hear like this maniacal voice over like as she's walking out saying things like, I will cut out your tongue. I will kill you if you get on stage. If you sing a single note, I will shoot you in the head. Um, that does not sound like a very friendly email. Welcome to the episode. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't get better from here. Um, <laughs> so then we go on and we meet this woman. Her name is Leandra Ram. Um, she is a professional opera singer. Um, and she talks a little bit about her backstory. I guess her parents tried for a really long time to get pregnant and they, they found out that her dad was infertile. So they go to this sperm bank. It's like a genius sperm bank. Yeah. Those things are fucking real, by the way. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I had no yeah. idea. And it's, it's well, not cheap. What I thought was the funniest thing, right? Is that the people who donate to this are like Nobel Peace Prizes, like brilliant scientists, like all this other stuff. Like, obviously, these men are sitting there being like, yes, yeah, somebody should have my genes. And I, I don't know, the pretentious nature. I don't know. It's it's funny. Crack me up. The whole I mean, concept. but then also, could you imagine if like you paid whatever that cost is? I mean, I I'm assuming. And you had a dud kid, a kid like me. Thousands. Yeah. And then you have a kid like us. <laughs> And it's like, I literally picked Damn. your jeans. Like, I literally picked out of a book. And you mm-hmm. come out like this? Yeah, that would be I'd a big be disappointment. Leandro was not a disappointment, however. Okay. Um, from a very, very young age, it was very clear that she had a musical prowess. Okay. Um, and she started learning how to sing and study opera. And she got really good at it. And so in 2005, she was featured on Anderson Cooper um, and she sang Ave Maria. And I think I've, I think we all saw this. I think we all saw this. Yeah. She just like, she talks about how she's just born to perform. She loves being on stage. She loves the audience. She loves the craft. Like that was her life. So she does the interview in 2005. And she goes back to school and it didn't say specifically which school this was, but I think this was like, like after high school, like she was studying opera, mm-hmm. like in a college type situation. Okay. But art schools were like, they're studying like theater and stuff like that. It never looks like a school when you see pictures. It's like, they just look like they're doing cool things. So I like couldn't Juilliard? tell. No, I think she was in New York at a, uh, in, in like a company or something like that. Okay. Um, okay. I could probably Google. Oh, she went to the Manhattan School of Music. There it is. Okay, there you go. Okay. It's like people that go to like Yale or Harvard or Stanford, they're all like they like you it's like, Hi, my name is Bob. I went to Harvard. And I'm from Harvard. What's your name? You know, (laughs) it's very much like a Hi, my name is Juliet and I went to Juilliard. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know about this Manhattan School of Music, but that is where she was in two thousand five. Okay. So 
So she does her interview and she gets back to school and everyone's so excited for her, obviously. Like a lot of her friends actually like watch the performance. The school put up a little flyer, like watch our watch your friends, you know, and um, support. I'm Love very it. supportive. Yes. And the next day she actually received a phone call at the school from a man who was the director of the Singapore Music Festival. And he wanted to hire Leandra to perform. I'm going to say it's false. Well, (sighs) well, this isn't a happy story. She does not just get success from this. So she was thrilled. Like, this was huge. This was Mm -hmm. major. Her, she was 20 years old. Like she, like, this was like the beginning. She was like, all right, it's starting. Like I am building my career. Her family was excited. Her teachers were excited. Everyone was super excited about it. And so um, even though she didn't know a whole lot about the Singapore Music Festival, she called the guy back. She just assumed it was legit. She called the guy back and the conversation went really well. Um, the man on the phone said that they needed a few more things like like headshots and music samples. Like, and okay. that, that's very normal. That's typical yeah. procedure. Um, asked her for her email address and he was just going to send her over the information so she could send her packet back. Um, so wait, none of like her teachers, professors, mentors, advisors in like school verified this for her? Like was like, bitch, that's not a real thing or it is a real thing. Like no one like stepped in and said. The Singapore Music Festival is a real thing. Okay. It is. Okay. And we are actually going to, we're going to come back to that. Okay. So hold, hold that thought. Okay. Um, she puts all this information together. So she sends him his email. He emails her with like the list of stuff that they need, like some sound bites, some mm-hmm. headshots, a couple forms that she had to fill out. And she put together all the things he needed from her and sent it off. And she kind of didn't think twice about it because it was just that was very normal for getting a new job in um, the operatic music community. The, I don't in know. In the opera industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she did end up Googling the festival um, at this point, mm-hmm. and it looked amazing. It looked like an incredible opportunity. And at the time, it just didn't occur to her to verify that Colin, which is what this man's name was, was the director. She just assumed that it was. So they had a couple more phone calls every couple weeks, just like general like follow up. Um, he said that he had a producer friend of his that he wanted to put her in touch with eventually and was encouraging her to apply to the Vienna School Summer Program, which I guess is like a big music school. Yes, I have heard of that before. Yeah. And just generally being supportive. Um, and this is, she, sorry, 2005? Yes, this would have been in 2005. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Google um, was and I like will... a year old. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And I will say this this uh documentary was very um what's the word I'm looking for? It was a little more artistic than I guess some other documentaries are. Okay. So the timeline isn't 100% clear. So if you guys have questions, I did research, so like in my brain I know it, but if in my notes it doesn't come across, just ask like Feel free to ask. Okay. Me. If it's if it's confusing, it probably is confusing. Um. So, she did notice that during these phone calls, he would say some things that just kind of seemed off, like comments about her beauty and like how wonderful she was. But she says that it felt harmless, and so she just kind of like brushed past it. Don't do this, ladies. If something feels off, it's off. And it's also, but you got to remember, it's 2005. Like, it was, like, sexual, I mean, sexual harassment is still very much alive in the workplace. But, like, there was no Me Too movement. There was no, Mm -mm. like, Mm -mm. like, women kind of just dealt with it and brushed it off and moved on. And I want us to keep this theme. I want us to remember this as we tell this story. Because... That is important. Um, And I want to talk about that more Mm -hmm. at the end. But uh, I think there's also an element here in that she was 20. Yeah, she's um, young. He's 
offering her a job that for all intents and purposes looks legit to her family, to her teachers, to her classmates. And so I think also there's an element of, you know, back back in even the early 2000s and before then, I mean, in the in the environment that she would have been growing up in, it was very much like you do kind of have to tolerate a little bit of that from your boss if he's a man, Yeah, you know? Girl, I, when I got out of college, like some of the jobs I had – they would not and like we graduated from college like obviously not in 2005 like further on but like early 2000s yeah or like i guess like i don't even know what you call them anymore but anyways there are things that nowadays i'm like why did i tolerate that i know why did i do that oh because i was young and i thought if i left this job i wouldn't get another job or something would happen and i felt like i had to Right. So I get it. And cul- yeah. culturally, I think we culturally, were also from it was, that oh, time like we kind of just dealt with it. You just deal with it. It's just normal. Yeah. yeah. It's normal. I mean, the kids like, nowadays, whatever. they're not dealing with it no more. And I'm proud of them. I'm like, that's right. Don't mm-hmm. deal with it. But we, mm-hmm. yeah, we just dealt with a little bit of that kind of stuff. So, um, so time continues going on and they keep touching base and, and she knew the festival was months and months and months away. Um, and they the conversation kind of shifted away from the music festival and she kind of got to this place where she almost felt like when he was calling she was just kind of humoring him like her focus was really just on the opportunity it wasn't really on like any sort of like and I, I don't say relationship, meaning like there was romantic things, but like building like a network. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't so much about mm-hmm. the networking between the two anymore. But then one day she got a package in the mail and it was this beautiful, traditional looking Singaporean dress. And with it came a note that said, when I meet you for the first time, I want you to be wearing this. And this is when she said that she got this. This is when she said that the feeling that something was off turned into a feeling that something was wrong and she got that pit in her stomach that every woman knows that you get when you realize mm-hmm. you are in, in the presence of a man who is not safe yeah mm-hmm. she's like and oh. i'm like i know i'm like uh and again listen to that feeling in your stomach if you listen to survivors of assaults domestic violence rape they all talk about when something switches, they get this pit in their stomach. Mm-hmm. If you get it in your stomach, walk away, run away. Um, but her mom even tried to soothe her concerns. Like her mom mm-hmm. was also so stoked about this opportunity for her that she kind of like was like, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that huge. And so, so she let it go. She was like, yeah. okay, all right, thank you. Um, And she just kind of moved on and her career was starting to take off. You know, she was doing a lot of performances and while Colin was still there in the background communicating with her, she was kind of starting to fade him out at this point. Um, She wasn't sure if the opportunity in Singapore was going to work out and she kind of just wrote it off as he's just a guy who has a crush on her and didn't think he was capable of anything dangerous. Um, she did have a boyfriend at that time, and that kind of helped her move away from her quote-unquote relationship with Colin until one day she got a letter in the mail from Singapore. It was from Colin. In it, he prog- he professes his love to her. But no. not in a moon-to-my-stars kind of profession of love. He says... I asked God for a girl in a Petri dish, and I will have her at all costs. Uh, mm, Excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) A Petri dish? Like, is this biology 101? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. (laughs) And, and, oh my God. It's gross. It's gross. It's so gross. Like, I would, ugh. It's so bad. That's what I'm saying. This whole oh, episode, really? it's just that that under your skin, creepy crawly feeling because it's like, ooh, that's ooh. bad. So, <laughs> but like everything is traceable. Like it is actually coming from Singapore, right? Okay, okay. Which could also be like, well, that person's thousands of miles away. Yeah. So the threat 
doesn't feel probably as, as real, real right as if right. it was coming from like New Jersey yeah. right and yeah. and she is on the stage and I'm sure that Colin is not the only person at this point in her career who is reaching out to her because they find her appealing yeah but are they asking performer. for her to be in a petri dish right right exactly that's where uh-uh no I don't just I don't disagree with you it's but I can see I it's like I can it's like I can follow all of her rationalizations. You know what I mean? I get where like she's I, not like freaking out. Uh-huh. She's like, this is uncomfortable. I don't think I'm doing Singapore anymore because I don't want to meet you. Right. You're creeping me out, but you're thousands of miles away. I'm just going to ignore the situation and hope it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at this point that she, it really kind of like hit her and she absorbed the reality that Colin was not the di- festival director. Um, he was just a creep who was stalking her and harassing her with escalatingly creepy messages. Um, he started calling her by this nickname, Sylvestra, which was uh, from a character that she had done. She played a character named Sylvestra, and so he would call her that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. She had kind of, but she kind of hoped, like we were saying at this point, that if she just ignored him and stopped engaging, that he would eventually lose interest. So some time goes by and she's really getting ready to go on stage for another show that she was doing. And someone brings her a gift that arrived at the theater for her. And it was like this long strand of pearls. They were really pretty. And she was so flattered and so excited until she realized who it was from. Colin. Yep. And it was at this point that she started to understand the severity of what was happening to her because now she's like, I didn't tell him I was in the show. I didn't tell him I was at this theater. This is opening night. I'm not famous enough that this kind of stuff is broadcasted yet. How did he know? And she realized that he was stalking her. Can she like just send it back? I mean, I know that's not going to do anything, but. I don't know. I actually don't know. No, actually, no. She keeps everything and it's a good thing that she does. Um, If you do have a stalker, keep the receipts. I know it's painful to do that, but keep the receipts and you'll hear why. Um, so now she wasn't just worried about having to hear from him. Now she was worried about him showing up somewhere in her life. So now we're at a year and two months after a first contact with Colin. Um, her mind is just getting consumed with like thoughts of him. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. getting like phone calls, text messages, emails from him like multiple times a day like dozens and dozens a day and this is like this is something that apparently happens with stalking victims is they do just eventually fill your entire brain because like you don't know when they're coming next you don't know what's happening next like you don't know when they're going to be around you don't know any of this stuff and he starts messaging her asking why she's gone quiet and still telling her how much he loves her and uh She's at dinner with her boyfriend one night, and again, she's just distracted, kind of thinking about some of the stuff that he's been saying, and she kind of tells her boyfriend everything, like, for the past year, she's been dealing with this guy, and she doesn't know what to do, and that her tactic up to this point has just been to ignore him, but the boyfriend is like, that's not acceptable. We're not doing that, Yeah, and... I appreciate that that was his reaction, but then he decides that he's going to email this guy behind Leander's back telling him to back off. And that's like, okay, you can't stop Do you think that went well? No. I'm going to go ahead and say that probably pissed the guy off. Pissed. Mm. So on Valentine's Day, two months later, she gets a card in the mail from Colin, and it says, you will be dead by tomorrow. And this is when the death threats started. And also, like, how much time do you have to have to send a card from Singapore to make sure it gets there on, like, Valentine's Day? Oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. Is he not in Singapore? No, he's in Singapore. Okay, he is. Damn. When she starts getting the death threats, that's kind of when her parents are like, oh, okay. Because I guess her parents were trying to, like, and, and I, I, I'm not trying to, like, uh, like, say that what they did was wrong or, like, or, like, 
judge their character or anything. But I think they were supportive of the idea of if you ignore him, he will go away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is not how stalkers work, though. No. And, like, you got to understand, though, like, I feel like stalking, like, like rule, laws, and even go into effect during probably his, her parents, like, life, like, um, young adult years, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. And so, like, if you were being stalked, it was probably more physical, like the person right. had to physically because you didn't have the internet. You couldn't just right. like, see everything. So like to them, I could understand like the old, like her parents' generation being like, cyber stalking's not a thing. How do you it's stalk somebody bad, yeah. from Singapore? Like it's fine. Like right. just ignore it. Like she, he can't hurt you. He's not here. Right. Right. You know, so I can see where they kind of just like, just ignore it. It'll go away. And it's very much of that typical like, oh, if a boy hits you, it means he likes you. Exactly. Yeah. That right. we were exactly. like told as a girl. Like, oh, we don't do that. Right. Yeah. He yeah. likes you. Mm-mm. And then you, we wonder why women stay in domestic, like are conditioned to be like, oh, he hit you as a an adult. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Why did she stay? Well, I don't know, because when I was four years old, I was told if I'm getting freaking abused, it's because he likes me. <laughs> yes. We're Anyways, not doing that anymore. But yes, I think anymore. that's that is but. exactly where my brain went. That is exactly where my brain went too. Is I'm like, they're from a different generation. They weren't the ones who were receiving like like it is it is psychologically a stressor and it over time it is like damaging to your mental health if you're getting upwards of 50 communications from a person in a day that you're not responding to it's just coming in and like at this point she's starting to get death threats um he's calling her names just generally being ugly like he hasn't escalated to the point where he's like i'm gonna cut your tongue out or you're such a filthy slut i'm gonna murder you like he hasn't escalated to like those points yet um but it's still Um, it's but i feel like the moment you get you're gonna be dead by tomorrow i'm like cool 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 fbi so (sighs) that's that is what she does she decides that she's gonna go to the police and she brings the receipts she brings the copies of her email she's got a little file a folder she brings the letters that he sent she brings the dress and they literally laughed at her of course they did. And they were like, just ignore it. But mm-hmm. what she knew by now is when she ignored him, he would escalate. So if she was interacting with him, even if it was like small, like every other day or so, he wouldn't be as aggressive. If she ignored him, then it would start being like 50 times a day. I'm going to kill you. You're such a slut. You're such a whore. I'm going to cut your tongue out. I'm going to shoot you in the head. You're never going to perform again. Like all these like horrible, horrible things to the point that, as I said before, just watching the documentary was like traumatic. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Punch both of those cops in the face. Like, fuck you guys. Um, so she just is like, okay, I guess I shall move forward then. I don't know. So one night she's doing a show in Toledo and she gets a message from him telling her that he knew she was in Ohio. And the reason he knew was because he was there. And he told her that if she went on stage and sang a note, he would shoot her in the head. I have that, like, I sit here and I'm like, bitch, fucking Ava Marie this shit right now. (laughs) In front of everybody. But then I can also have that part of me that's like, okay, I'm not going to sing, guys. (laughs) I'm sick. (laughs) No, she does it. This is her job. This is her career. And we know she's worked her whole life for this. And she should. And she should. That's what I'm saying. Like, girl, you Mm -hmm. better get on that stage and be like, do it then. Mm -hmm. Let's go. At least mm. if, you, if I go down, I know you're going down with me because there's a whole yeah. audience of people here. Yeah, yeah. So you get out of that theater. Um, so she does go on and she's like terrified and she's like trembling. And like the whole time she's like scanning the audience to see if she can see her face. Because I think in the back of her mind, she did know, like, I don't think that he would be here because like, that's like a 12 hour plane trip. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. But I mean. But once she. It. It's true. Right, right. And once she finished, she kind of runs off the stage in tears and she runs back to her dressing room and she sees waiting for her a bunch of roses 
also from Colin. And she realizes that the fact that she wasn't killed that night was enough proof to, to like understand that he actually wasn't in America, um, which was a little bit of a comfort, but she was like still a wreck about the situation. And she kind of understood, like, even though he's not here, he still has ruined my performance and he still has ruined mm -hmm. my night. He's, and like, he's still he's, ruining her life. He's, he's her winning. Mind. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not okay with that. So this bitch puts herself together and heads on down to the FBI again with her receipts. Like she she's got like, a box. Yeah. She goes to the FBI and she's like, this is this person harassing me. Look at all of these death threats. Look at all of these emails. This was like documentation of how many times he's been calling me a day. Like, look at all this stuff. And the FBI says to her, okay, so you need to change your email and your phone number and your address. And essentially you have to like disappear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's I mean, like, and like, what year is this at this point? Like what? 2007, 2008. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're in like, yeah. I don't even think they have, like, I don't think legally they have anything to stand on at that time. Like, I don't know when cyber oh, no, they do. has, they do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she couldn't do that because, like, her career was to, uh, as a performer. Like, she couldn't do that. Like, she's like, I would literally have to start my entire life over and I would have to quit doing the one thing that I love. And, like, I don't want to give him that satisfaction, you know? Like, she's like, mm -hmm. no, I. this is what I want to do. So See, it is so funny, though, because I sat there like when you were like talking, I was like, why didn't she just change her email in the beginning? Because it's but her professional again, email. Girl, you can get a new if, if, if you got us like just from the very beginning. Right. Like once she started figuring out, OK, this guy's guy a weirdo. The director. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like I'm going to switch my email at this point because if you're still in school, I'm, I'm not victim. I'd wager anything like that. No, 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 no. But, I, no I know what you're saying. I would but still like, wager this this guy would have found her again. Probably. Wait till, wait till you hear what it escalates to. Oh, God. He doesn't kill her. He doesn't kill her. He doesn't kill her. Okay. She is telling the story in the documentary. So we all know okay. from the job she's alive. We all know alive. she survives. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So she's like, well, the FBI is useless as whiskey dick. So she messages him again and says, I'm not going to contact you anymore. Like, this is it. I'm done. We're not communicating from here on out. And he lost his shit. He started using he alias. Died. You're right. He started using aliases to contact her places of employment, her friends, her friends' places of employment, her family, her family's places of employment, her boyfriend, her boyfriend's places of employment, all to try and get information to track her down, get her attention and get her to start communicating with him again. Now, at this time, Leandra was back in New York and she was re-auditioning for her opera company, which is standard practice every year you mm -hmm. re-audition. And before she was even able to finish her audition, they stopped her and told her that this whole stalker thing was just really getting out of hand. And because of that, she wouldn't be allowed back into the company. Oh, <sighs> like that is such a... Like I aren't you pissed? I like I can't even I can't form a sentence. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This whole episode is I'm like, are you kidding me? And so, that's what they said to her. They were like, this whole stalker thing, it's just getting out of control. I'm sorry. Like we you're can't amazing you and we like to have you, but you know what? You're stalker until it goes. Like, like, you gotta sit down. What the fuck is she supposed to do about it? Like She's done everything that she can. She's gone to the fucking FBI. She's like, bitch, what do you want me to take down the internet? Like, I don't like, know what, what you do want I from have me. to do. <laughs> and so then her boyfriend dumps her because her boyfriend's boss was threatening to fire him because this guy was calling his boss. Oh, my God. This is where I like whenever like shit like this happens i wish we could be in like an action movie and like she's like the badass that's just like she like just gets on the plane goes like, to Singapore, go fuck and this bitch to up. Find him, and then just like <laughs> kicks down the door and is like you motherfucker yes and just like beating the shit out of him but my god course, like, that, that can't happen but i just want to be like here's his address go go <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh. she says at this point she felt like an ant in a tornado. She was so desperate to, she wanted to do something to make this stop because it felt mm-hmm. like he was ruining her life. Like he was ruining her life. And even though, and she was trying to, to ignore him because that was the legal advice that she was given up until yeah. this point, but it wasn't working. It was making everything worse. So eventually a picture arrives in the mail of Leandra and her family from Colin that says you're all going to die. And he starts harassing her family and her to the point that they literally, cause you remember how we used to have phones that were plugged into the wall. They had to mm-hmm. unplug the phone cause it was just ringing like all day. All day. You mean a landline? Yeah. <laughs> remember when we used to have phones plugged into the wall? Joe, that's called a landline. <laughs> yeah. Technically okay, I have a I have a landline phone number. I don't have a phone connected to it, but technically my, I have one. My parents still have a landline. And the yeah. only people that call on that is telemarketers. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. No one yeah. ever calls. I remember when we moved in to this house, I had to like the my only option is Spectrum. Yeah. And they like I get my bill statement for the month. And this, like, fucker just adds two landline numbers and is trying to charge me, saying I, like, called off of that. And I was like, I don't even have, like, I have a cell phone. I don't even have a phone that plugs into the wall. And I, like, looked, I, like, called them, and I was like, I never agree to that. Like, you need to take that shit off and reimburse. And I was like, who the hell just, like, gets a landline nowadays? No, But then if the cell towers go down, we're fucked. So. True. We also, I mean, the spec because we have Spectrum too. Maybe they just, maybe I don't know because we do have a landline also, phone number assigned, um, but we don't get charged for ours, so I don't know. So I had to like, okay, long story short, they were like, they're like, you can avoid this fee and do it yourself and plug in your phone, like the server, not the server, is that what it's called? The server, the, what the thing, yeah. The, the internet thing. The Wi-Fi and all that yeah. stuff. The router. The and router. S- the router. That's the word. Router. I was like, there it's not is. a server. Um, and, of course, it wouldn't work where we wanted it to be. And they're like, oh, well, no one's lived in your house for two years. And we don't know exactly where they had it hooked up. You have multiple cable <laughs> hookups. So you're going to have to physically come into the store. And I, they were, like, running a promotion. So I think, like, the uh, rep like just put it in trying to get like extra extra so whatever it all worked out it's all good again first world problems continue yeah so she was really uh okay so it's just getting out of hand and like the psychological trauma is really setting in if you guys ever want to go into like a really cool psychological deep dive like research the psychology of the trauma that happens to stalker victims. I mean, it's tragic and it's horrible and it's not pleasant, but um, it is very interesting. And it, it does this damage that where you basically just feel like they are everywhere in your life. Yeah. If you didn't um, have anxiety before, yeah. you do now. Yeah. No kidding. About everything, anything and everything. Because you never know when they're going to pop up. You never know. I already have anxiety don't like, stalk her, please. Nobody stalk her. Please. Oh, I would just, I would just fall to the floor and like probably just die. No, we my just heart us. would. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think my heart could take it because your husband would not be the same kind of piece of shit. Like, I'm sorry, ma'am, this is getting out of hand. I need to leave. <laughs> no, my husband would. not he would not not, yeah i'm just gonna say my husband would not allow it like not to mention can you imagine this man calling his bosses to try to like get up with you can you imagine that that phone call (laughs) sir where are you located (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly they'd be like excuse me and where are you from cool 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 like we're gonna get in touch with singapore you gotta be back or they would just be be in touch (laughs) or they would just be like oh Okay, gotta go. <laughs> We're dealing right. with fucking Russia right now. Bye. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wouldn't be assholes Anyways. like the police and the FBI and her boyfriend and her employers who are like, ma'am, I need you to handle your soccer, please. This is too much. Yeah. 
This is your fault. Assholes. Yes. Yes. You performed. I don't know what to tell you. You did your job. So, like, and how dare you? Okay. So now we're jumping to two years and nine months after first contact. So she finally got a really good role in New York that she was really excited to, to play the part. And when Colin found out, he contacted every single member of the cast and the crew. Every single one. Mm. So she calls him basically in this like panic, this like fit, like she's just like at her abs, like her, the thread, the thread that she is hanging on by is like unraveled. It's that's it. It's just one piece of unraveled thread that she is hanging on by. So she calls him and she's begging him to leave her alone and get out of her life. And he's ruined her life and she wants her life back and he needs to like leave. And he tells her that she needs to apologize for leading him on for so long. And she's like, I'm not apologizing to you for anything. And he, he keeps fighting with her. And I think she's just so raw at this point that finally she does. She's like, fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for leading you on. I'm sorry I get for it. all I would of be, this. probably do the same thing. I don't. Yeah. I would probably be like, sure. I apologize. And then assume, I'd be like, fuck you. But I apologize. Right. Sure. Right. Absolutely. I totally. I, it's like I can relate. I, I see the, the way her brain is like tracking. And I, I get it when you're in those places that you're just so emotionally destroyed. And this is two years and nine months that she has yeah. been dealing with this. So she apologizes to him and he says that if she agrees to talk to him every 10 days, she can have her life back. And so she agrees because she doesn't know what else she can do. So at this point, she kind of feels like she's got some control back in her life. Um, And what Colin saw was that she was complying to his abuse. Mm -hmm. So the threats did lessen. He stopped harassing her. He stopped calling her as much. It wasn't as intense. It wasn't as severe. And kind of like everyone who was involved, including her family, kind of like took a big sigh of relief. And they were like, okay, this is settling. Things are settling. Which, again, I, if this was my daughter and I knew that she was essentially selling her soul to this man for some peace, I would not be okay with that solution. I'd be like, this is not a viable solution. But but what are you going to do? So. Things are chill, um, and but as abusers do, and as we know they do, the balance was not, it was great for a while, but then it started to shift, right? If she complied to what he wanted, things would be fine. But if she didn't, he would start stalking her again, and then he would demand more attention to make the stalking stop. So, mm-hmm. for example, like if she was like, a minute or two late to their chat sessions because she wasn't talking to him on the phone. She told him she would only chat with him. Like, uh, I'm guessing probably AOL or Messenger. Or yeah, something like that. AIM. Mm-hmm. And uh, like if she was a couple minutes late, then the stalking would start again. And then he would be like, now, if you want the stalking to start, you have to talk to me every seven days instead of every 10. Um, he would do stuff like, I'm at an underwear shop. Tell me what color you want. There's black, there's red. Or he'd be like, tell me what you're wearing. And if she didn't tell him, he would essentially punish her by escalating the stalking. Um, like, I am wearing a reindeer costume, full on, like, can't see my face. <laughs> um, haven't brushed my teeth in like 20 days. I haven't showered. I haven't, Don't shave. Had, I haven't had the time. I mean, I'm going all natural at this point. So. <laughs> that's what that's what you're working with, my friend. Yeah. So she says at this point, she just felt and like everything was getting like more sexual, which of course. Um, and she just was really broken at this point. She said she felt small. She felt defeated. And every day she woke up scared. I'm like, that oh, fucking I don't sucks. know how she didn't just like, I'm telling you, like, my body would physically give out. I know. I know, girl. Okay. Now we're about to jump to three years and four months since mm. first contact. We're at three years of this. So Leandra gets a job as the lead singer on a cruise. And this was like freedom for her. This was like the most welcome surprise. Like she was like, 
I will be on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like, he can't find me there. So she was just really excited for the opportunity to have some peace mm -hmm. and some calm. And, you know, she's having a great time on the trip. Like she loves singing. She was meeting people. And one of the nights had come up where she was supposed to meet with Colin. And for whatever reason, she felt emboldened to blow him off. She was like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stay here at the bar with my friends and drink. I'm not yeah. going to do this with you. Mm -hmm. And she got a call from him. And he tells her that he knows that she's on the cruise ship. He tells her her whole itinerary, like he tells her all this stuff. Jesus. And he claims that he's on the boat with her. And, of course, he has to add that he's going to kill her. I'd be like, okay, cool. I want to see you in my room in five minutes. Let's go. <laughs> I'm done. Especially I'm if done. I've had, like, a couple glasses in me, I'd be like, fine. Let's fucking go. Let's Do fight. It. Yeah, let's fight. Let's, I'm ready. Let's go. Please right here, right now, actually, up. in front of all these actually, people. Right here, right now. Let's no, no. I'd be like, if you're so bold and you're on this ship right now, I'm in room five E, and you can go fuck yourself, and I will see you there. And good luck. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, then yeah. you'd hear like a wine bottle like break, and be like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> so every everybody around is just like the fuck. Not your business. All her like <laughs> cast members are like, hey, don't fuck with her. Sure. So are you having a breakdown? Well. And she's like, yes, well, bitch, I do. Anybody, 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 anybody want to be on my team? Anybody? Anyone? No? You can okay. all come actually. Grab a bottle of wine. Let's go. <laughs> Start knocking so, on rooms. Colin! <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so she goes to the cruise security about this, and they actually mm -hmm. do take this very seriously. This is like the first time that someone, like a, an authority, takes her seriously. Oh my God. I would be like, can I live on this boat? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm <time>. never leaving. <laughs> And they they go through the passenger list with her and they basically confirm he's not here. He is not on this boat. Like yeah. they're like, we are telling you this and like you are safe. You are OK. And it was comforting for her. But the joy that she had like about this like freedom and this new experience, like it vanished. And she says it felt like I was his cyber slave. And I was like, Ooh, I don't like that. Mm -mm. It's just so yuck. I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it all. I hate it all. I want to. I want to wash him off of me. I don't even mm -hmm. know the guy, and I want to wash him off of me. Mm -hmm. And so one night, when the death threats were particularly bad, she did have a full just breakdown. She was just tired of it. She was like, I can't take the death threats anymore. And like, she was writing in her journal and she just kept writing that over and over again. I can't take the death threats anymore. I can't take the death threats anymore. I can't take the death threats anymore. And for whatever reason, and, and what inspired it, I don't know, but a flip kind of switched in her. And it was that switch of like, all right, do your worst. Like, I'm not yeah. going to do this anymore. And she gathered all the strength that he basically manipulated her to forget that she had. And she sent him an email. She told him it was over. She was never going to speak to him ever again. This was done. She was tired. She wasn't going to comply. He could do whatever he wanted. She didn't care. It was done. And she finished the email by saying game over. So she decided she's going to put her career on pause and really just focus on this and because and, action needed to be taken. Like this yeah, wasn't going to stop. At this point, girl, you could actually change your email because you're no now like you're focusing on this. Yeah. Right. So, um, so in April of 2011, she met a man called AJ Fardella, who was a datic forensic examiner. And he took all the evidence that she had been collecting for the past you know, however many years, um, and gets in touch with the Singapore pol police to try and get mm -hmm. them to see if they can track him down and, and get in touch with them. Six years after the first contact, she's sitting in a coffee shop and she gets an email from the Singapore police saying that Colin has been arrested. 
And ha- I'm assuming during this whole time he's still con- contacting her. Yeah. Okay. He didn't stop. Right. So <clears throat> we find out that he was convicted of criminal intimidation in Singapore and was sentenced to three years in jail. Oh, my God. Which please is, I know. Do not. Please. Well, listen, three years is not enough. But please tell me they aren't allowed computers in Singapore. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like she doesn't. She doesn't hear from him again. It's it. He oh. it's done. Um, yeah. Leandra continues to write music and perform as well. Um, despite everything she went through, she continues to pursue her passion and her love for music. So, in researching this case, I found an article. I was going to say I need more information about like. Did he get caught because people were like looking at her case, or like was it something completely right. different? The guy they didn't. Is and the they fucker have, dead? Have a, they didn't have a ton of information about how they did, but the guy that this AJ guy, he communicated with the Singapore police, telling them what was going on, and then the Singapore okay. Singapore police investigated on their end, which the FBI or the police could have done. Shouldn't have to hire someone special six years later to do the job. They could have done it at year one and spared her the trauma. But anyways, um, so when I'm researching this case, I found this article that is from TNP. Okay. I don't know. It's like a Singapore newspaper okay. thing. So I don't mm-hmm. know whether it's a valid article or not. But there were several different articles that all had the same information. But this is the one that I'm reading from. Yesterday, Colin Mac Yulong, 45. Hold on, hold was, on. I want to, hold on. How Colin, how you say, how you spell his last name? Mac, M-A-K, space, U-Y-E-W, space, long with two O's. Ugh. I know, I know, I know. So, I'm going to just read you a chunk of the article. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm straight, straight plagiarizing. This is from, um, Adeline Tan. Um, and this is from mm-hmm. November in 2020. So yesterday, Colin Mac Yulong, 45, was back in court where he was sentenced to nine months in jail on one count of unlawfully stalking a music teacher and another of harassing the school's general manager. Victims cannot be named to protect their identities. Mac was convicted of similar offenses in 2013 and last year. In December 13th, he was jailed for three years and fined $5,000 for harassing and intimidating four women, including mm. American opera singer Leandra Ram, now 36, whom he cyberstalked without having met. However, in September of last year, he was jailed for two months for unlawfully stalking and harassing Ka- Kazakhstani women after meeting them at a conference. Damn. So that's, let's see, two... Four, five, five stalking victims. So when you were like, he has so much time and it's like, this is what he does with his life. And you want to know what his argument was? What his argument was for stalking this latest woman? What? He said it was because she was working in Singapore illegally and he was trying to be a good Singapore citizen. And uh, Okay, go fuck yourself. (laughs) <laughs> go go fuck yourself if i was take a like, really this... long walk off of a short cliff yeah like fuck you no sir if i was the judge in that case and he even started she, that she, sentence she she oh, oh 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 the judge was a she sorry oh so i was saying okay the judge uh, and he even started that sentence i'd be like you mm, done it don't even complete it because i can't listen to that like my i just can't deal with it <laughs> Like shut not not your job, not your job. Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find this chunk. She says the judge does say something, basically where she's like, "So you are not sorry, you don't repent, and fuck you, we're giving you the maximum sentence." Which it's not long, obviously. Like it's not long. I don't think even here stalking is Mm-mm, very long. Not, like, and mm-hmm. you have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. a lot to get a stalker in jail just well keep your receipts i think well what i what i was gathering and it might not be current information so please correct me if i'm wrong i'm actually very interested but what i was gathering is that 
a lot of times, obviously, if someone's stalking you, you don't want to keep those records because they're triggering. Mm-hmm. But, but if you, need you can, to. yes, you have to keep the receipts. And if you are being stalked, just remember that, like, it is not your fault. You did nothing no. wrong. No. Like, fuck you the existed. stalker. Yeah, yeah. And fucking keep fighting. And, and if I you wish, if you it have cops, me so mad. If you have cops who are like laughing at you and calling bullshit on all of your shit, like I am not joking. Send us an email. Find us on Facebook. We will cover your story, and like I will call people on your behalf. Like I will. That's bullshit, and that's fucked up. And we do have laws to protect you. Like we do. No, we do. We do now because people have died from fucking stalkers. Literally, so. literally. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. So yep. Yeah. That is the case of the cyber stalker from Singapore. Ugh. It's yeah. Just ugh. It's just icky. It's just ugh. I hate it I all. I hate it all. Punch him in the face. With a broken wine bottle, right? Yeah. <laughs> just And like she, I don't know. I would have gross- freaked out so many times. I would have been like probably self-medicating with alcohol which is like not a good thing i know of do course not do it get help but and then you would just like i would get an email and it'd be probably like triggering be pissed and i'd be like fucking do it let's Done. go let's do it Have i will be on life. stage at this time Find if me you're there. not there <laughs> if you're not there i'm coming to singapore let's go <laughs> here's my off. flight number <laughs> so yeah uh. may he rot May he rot. Damn. I'm glad she has her life back. Do you know what yes. she's up to now? She's all good. She, she she does. Yeah. She's done a lot of stuff. I saw a bunch of videos of her during the pandemic, like singing covers and just kind of generally making like art good. for um, the world. And yeah, she still, she's, uh, she does, a, she writes music now. She didn't do that before. She still has a beautiful voice. Mm, yeah. 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 She fucking wins. She exactly. Damn. She won. Yes. She won. And so did all these other women that were his victims who obviously we don't know their names for safety reasons, but Yeah. Fuck Damn. this guy. Fuck if that anyone guy. meets him, just roundhouse kick him in the face for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we gotta shake off all the yucky feelings by talking about some weekly wins. Yes. Um my weekly win is that it's Friday Eve. <laughs> I'm just going with that. Um, I always like the next day after record, I'm like, I should have said that. I'm going to (laughs) start writing these things down. And I never do. Um, Yeah, I'm just going with it's Friday Eve. I'm happy. Yeah, it's the same. It's Thursdays. You and I are from the generation where Thursday was pre-party day. That was like Thursdays, man. I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't either. Um, I don't either. But I know what we is. were. It was. Um, good times. Good times. Feels like a fucking lifetime ago, but. It was. It really was. But anyways, what's your weekly win? Um, so I have, I have life ops. So it's, or AKA a pebble plant. Um, it's these little things. You see it? Mm-hmm. Very cute. And um, they're notoriously difficult to keep alive and happy. But you see how it has the little hole? Yes. That means new leaves are going to come out. Oh, so you did it. It's alive and happy. You have something alive and happy. Yay! Go, Joe. <laughs> Not just something. Okay. We have... I have a... I have a... Un- an unmanageable plant collection, but life ops. Everyone was like, it's "I don't so know anything." Hard. I, I, I've killed succulents before that literally thrive in the desert with like one day of rain, and I fucking destroyed it. Succulents so, are de- deceptively tricky, but yeah, I'm so excited. Alive. I just want <laughs> <laughs> you, you, and me both. <laughs> <laughs> it's just out done. <laughs> but I really hope it blooms, and if it does bloom, you best believe I'm gonna be posting pictures. Good. But yeah, that's my weekly one. I saw it like starting to separate, and I was like, oh! 
fucking did it. Yay. It's correct. <laughs> all right well if you guys like the episode we'd love for you to leave us a like a comment a review especially if you're on google um if you didn't like it we would love if you would just kindly walk away and not say anything um Mm -hmm. and um you can also find us on facebook if you want to get in touch with us that's a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group you can also find us on instagram at a thousand true crimes pod and yes stay safe lock every single door in your house all of them every single one that leads to an exit um get a dog don't let them take you to a second location and i think that's it i think those are all the tips we've collected thus far mm-hmm. and trust the pit in your stomach if you yes. feel the pit walk away yep. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.